gangsters, what's up guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of Stream Beat. I'm your host, Frankie G. No moose survived today. I kicked him out. He's too scared of scary movies. Uh, but we have one of our longtime recurring guests, very big friend of the program, Cooper Moorhead from. Uh, do you want to be introduced as from Miami Heat? <laughs> uh, no, not today. Let's not do that. <laughs> I'll okay. just be from Twitter. I'll be from the from the Twitterverse. <laughs> a Cooper Moorhead uh, <laughs> of his own personality and, and franchise. Yeah, there we go. Uh, welcome back, Coop. Love to have you on. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm always happy to be here. And I'm always especially happy to be here to talk about horror movies. <laughs> very good. Very good, man. And we've got a great one to talk about. A really fun movie, Scream 6. Uh, obviously released this year. Um I just want to get into a brief synopsis of the movie. You know, we were ending the second trilogy of this franchise and following the latest Ghostface killings from the last film, the four, uh, the four survivors from that film leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in a big city. This movie takes place in New York. I just New want to get York. New York. Uh, I, think course, it was, yeah. I think it was Montreal. Uh, they shot it. Yeah, uh, some, somewhere north of uh, the border. Yeah, exactly. It was somewhere in Canada. They they shot it, made it look as New Yorkish as possible, I guess. <laughs> but um, I I just want to go into this uh, experience. We're gonna talk a little bit about the movie, our experience, uh, you know, enjoying the franchise and and this theater experience, and then we'll go into spoiler talk. So uh, you can tune in. We'll we'll give you a spoiler warning when we're gonna go into it. Uh, more spoilery talk. Uh, but I realized, Coop, I after a long long running franchise uh the first one came out in like 95 i believe uh this was the first one i've ever seen in theaters and if uh you hadn't seen scream 2 before that that opening kill takes place in the theater yeah. and which i i only knew because of a uh, scary movie <laughs> yeah uh but when i was there i was like you know I, I was in a big theater um i went to uh my local cinemark and um i was like that there was barely anybody there uh, on a Sunday matinee. And I was just looking around, like making sure, checking my surroundings, <laughs> checking the exits. I, I purposely put myself in the corner, me and my girlfriend in the corner. So there's nobody around this. I like putting my feet up too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, ain't going to catch me slipping. <laughs> <laughs> Coop, where'd you watch this film? And what, what was your th theater experience? Like I was out here at, at, at Cocoa walk in the Grove. Um, and I made them. I made a mistake, man. Usually, I like my theater for a horror movie two ways. I like it either how you had it, where you're almost by yourself. It's a dark theater, and you can't. You're kind of looking over your shoulder. <laughs> I have experiences uh, going to summer league in Vegas and being by myself at a midnight showing of something like Hereditary. Okay, you know, and that was awesome. And I was definitely like checking corners in my hotel room when I got back. <laughs> So that's one way to do it. Love that. The other way is obviously full house, raucous crowd. Everybody's into it. And somehow I managed to split the difference. I got neither of those things. I went on a Saturday night at 11 o'clock. I thought it was going to be great. I didn't check the size. You know how, like, when you do the seat map, mm -hmm. it'll be the, you can tell if you're going to get the bigger theater or the smaller one. I mm -hmm. wasn't paying attention. So I got the smaller theater. Oh, no. 11 o'clock at night. And I don't know. I just must have gotten the people who are all half asleep because my crowd was, like, not into it at all. <laughs> so I got a full room which makes you feel safe, but you didn't get the full crowd experience. Oh, uh, no. So that was a bummer. I try, I, you know, that's partially a fail on me, but still 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday, you'd think, on opening night, opening weekend too. Okay. You would think you would have that that special experience, but hey, you know, can't win them all, and I still have a good time. <laughs> Man, I was actually in New York the weekend it came out, and um, I saw so many ads. Every subway station had it. Every stop had it. Every bus stop had it. And I was just like, 
fine. We'll watch it. We watched Scream 5. Uh, we watched Scream 5 the first time on the, the, the plane ride back from New York. And I I was like, okay, you know, I, I kind of remember why I really like these films. And because uh, I hadn't seen the Scream, uh, I hadn't seen Scream 4. And I, I, I don't really, didn't really remember Scream 3. So watching Scream 5, you know, got me excited. I like the cast. I like Jenna Ortega a lot. Uh, that was really my first time seeing her uh, featured in anything. Uh, my girlfriend was a big fan of Wednesday. And uh, so she really wanted to see it. And um, after her performance in Scream 5, I was like, okay, let's rewatch them and see if we get that urge to watch the sixth one. And I had so many Cinemark tickets stacked up <laughs> that I was like, you know what? We can waste a film. And if, if it's not good, it's not good. But I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was uh, one of the, the better Scream films of the franchise. Um, what, what, what was your thoughts on it? Do you think it's worth a watch for people? Yeah, I do. I actually think, looking back at my Letterbox account, which Letterbox does get a shout-out in Scream 6, and <laughs> maybe not in the nicest way, but hey, we'll take it. Hey. Um, I think I gave it four stars, and you know, if I went back and re-rated it, I might drop it down to three and a half, just as over time, I've seen it again. But I had a really great time. It came out at a time when it was still kind of pandemic-y, and I was thirsty for any fresh horror content, mm -hmm. so maybe that had some effect. But it's interesting going back. I rewatched for this pod. I didn't have time to rewatch the whole series, but I made sure to go rewatch all the openings. I know we'll we'll talk about that later, but at least in five, it's kind of funny because when five came out, Ortega, like I knew who she was, and she had been in a couple smaller like horror movies before then, but she wasn't a huge like post Wednesday star. Right and now, if you go back and watch it, she's so much bigger that it's kind of like watching the first like Drew Barrymore in the first one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the the entire context of the opening of five. Has, has changed since then but I, I thought it was very clever at the time i i took the old most of the new characters some of them i didn't and we can talk about that later um with with the core four but yeah i had a great time with five i thought radio silence i love them with what they did with ready or not um that was another really fun horror movie that kind of played on the tropes of the genre and, and five i thought just really had the right twists and turns the writing was smart the gore was there the kills were there all the connective tissue you, you want between the stock and the chase scenes, everything was pretty much on point. It just wasn't, it wasn't like top tier of the franchise for me. So that's why I wouldn't put it above four stars. I agree. Um, I liked five a lot. Um, there were, you know, it, it paid homage enough to the earlier franchises, but um, I, I definitely missed Wes Craven's direction. Mm -hmm. um, he, you know, the, the gore was different. I felt like, um, and it was refreshing. It was a, like a refreshing spinoff. Like it felt new age, uh, still had all the meta tropes and commentary. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of, uh, I'm trying to remember her name. Let me find it real quick. Uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, mm -hmm. uh, who plays Mindy Meeks in, in the, uh, five and six. Uh, she is a star in the making. She is like, yeah, I love her. She's in a, a screen chewer. Like she, <laughs> she is so fun. She rem reminds me a lot of, of Randy of her yeah. uncle in, in universe and they casted her, her role. Great. Like that, that the movie, the horror movie genius in these movies are so fucking important. Yeah, I mean, and, you have to have somebody who can sell those scenes. Like if you're going to have exactly. somebody stand up and give a five minute meta speech about the nature of horror movies, if you screw that up, like you don't have a movie. And we'll so get fact, into her, yeah. her, her, her uh, monologue yeah. uh, in this one, but she's on point. She is on point and you pretty much like have to know, uh like follow her and the same way randy was randy uh, re-watching all the other screams i'm like damn randy had this shit now <laughs> like nailed <Yeah. laughs> but it, she does such a great job i, I really like jenna uh, mason gooding which i didn't find out until this weekend is cuba's son mm -hmm. uh but he i've seen him in i only see, i had seen him in booksmart um and like i said i hadn't seen jenna in anything i hadn't seen M melissa barrera in anything so uh, and I, I didn't see Jasmine in anything. So I like I, I this was a brand new fresh face cast for me. And I really enjoyed what they've done uh, with this new franchise. Yeah, I think the casting has pretty much all been there. I, I, it's one of those things where like it, it feels like it should be a perfect movie when all the you can't really complain about any of the pieces. Mm. It's just it doesn't quite get there, but you can't really mad at it because and I, and I like to say about this franchise. It get they it gets better the more horror movies you've seen, you know, because like the horror genre is so iterative, it's so in conversation with itself that the more you're familiar <laughs> with this stuff, the more these movies have little Easter eggs and, and, and morsels for you to chew on. Um, and I think with this with this new cast, they've they've just really they've 
they've kept you know the the type of characters that that you want to see but they've twisted them and turned them just the right ways absolutely i uh completely agree there there's enough freshness with these uh newer ones that it keeps you like it it keeps you wanting more um and and you know we'll go into the reviews and stuff uh later but uh I, I thought it was really enjoyable movie. If you enjoyed any of the other screams, if you're, you're a fan of the franchise, I think you'll definitely like uh scream six. And I think it's a must watch. Uh, I, I give it two streams up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm rather uh, yeah and, and let's get into spoiler talk. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause it right, pause this pod right now and go watch it and then come back. Cause we are going to spoiler talk. We're going to be talking about the opening kill right now. Mm-hmm and um ranking everything so make sure you tune out right now all right you guys are gone welcome back (laughs) hope you enjoyed the movie opening kill let's talk about it loved it loved the scene man it it was we talked about it a little bit on twitter it was one of my favorite opening kills it's it's probably my second favorite i think overall let me see yeah well, yeah, I ranked these earlier. Okay, yeah, I, I did have it as my second favorite opening kill behind the first because the first one's iconic. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, you know, the the misdirection of, uh, you know, uh, I, I I thought they were going to have Jason Carr. You know, they they have the, the opening kill. Let, let's talk about it. If, do you want to get into details of it a little bit? Yeah, please. Um, well, first of all, like Samara Weaving is just an yes. actress I love. I, anything she's in, it, this, this movie sounds you know, cheesy, but if you ever want to see her in like a movie, just steal um, to the scenery a little bit, the babysitter. Okay. And then the babysitter, the sequel that Jenna Ortega is in. Okay. Um, she's really fun in those movies. Again, she's in radio silence as ready or not. She's awesome in those. She's, she's becoming like a horror darling. She might already be that. And she might at some point outgrow the genre. So kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis did eventually. Yeah. Um, but for now, while she's making these movies, I love it. And I thought she was just really charming. You know, yes. as this, she kind of just moved to New York, but she's also really, um, really knowledgeable. She's I, she was a movie professor, right? Yeah, she she's like a, a film uh, professor, and, and exactly. she was teaching something about the horror genre, yeah. uh, specifically. And and Jason was in her class as a yeah. student, and that's how they had that connection. But that misdirection where you're you see the unmasking, mm-hmm. and then you're going you're going home with him. You see him interact with with uh, Tara. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and he goes home and he, and then he plays the game with the, with Ghostface. It's, it was such a great twist on mm-hmm. a trope that's been done all this whole franchise. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was great. It was really gory. The, the murder, the, the chopped up body, his roommate's body in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And, and the little shrine he had in his closet. I just thought there were so many great little touches there. Um, I, I, it was phenomenally done. Uh, Tony Re- Revolori, if you've known him from, uh, you know, the Marvel films, he was in Spider-Man's. Grand Budapest um, Hotel. For sure. Yes. He yeah. was also in uh, Dope. Well, that's the first time I saw him in. Yeah. Really, yeah. really fun movie. Um, I, I thought he did a great job. And uh, he, you know, he was pushed in a lot of the trailers. Um, you know, you mentioned Samara Weaving. Uh, she was great. I, I loved her. Uh, she She had the great innocent vibe. Mm-hmm. that you want to have and a desperation a for like connection with somebody yes. too right she felt lonely yeah. yes exactly and and yeah. you know she went to an alley to help somebody like yeah. she thought somebody was hurt and she and she gets that's, killed that's hard to do right because yeah in a movie like this like every screen movie the characters have to become more aware of screen movies mm-hmm. and then and by that nature they have they have to be smarter and it's really hard to write your way around to progressively smarter characters because you still have to get them in scenarios where they're going to die, right? Yeah. And and the way they the the other voice on the phone is progressively like coaxing her out of the restaurant, down the alley. You know it's a bad idea, and you can tell she knows it's a bad idea. I thought the movie sold it just well enough, maybe not perfectly, but I still bought that she would actually go down the alleyway. Yeah, like like you and and you end up rooting for her a little bit. Because yeah. you're know, like, this is a good person. Fuck, I don't want to see her die. Yeah. But you know, there's no chance. <laughs> no, there's no chance. It's a scream opening kill. Uh, she's she's gonna die, and and she's a, a she's a star. <laughs> she's a star mm-hmm. cameo cameoing in Scream. She's definitely yeah. gonna die. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I I you know I mentioned Scream One's my favorite. I have six. My second favorite. I have to go four as my third, mm. uh, because of just the continuous 
twists and turns on that where they're yeah. watching the the first uh one of the screen the stab films excuse me it was like stab five and then stab six or something like that yeah it was so yeah. meta it was so yeah. meta it was so funny and uh and then i go two five three two because of the theater scene mm-hmm. um iconic you know made extra famous by scary movie um and then i go five and three you know less memorable five i i love jenna ortega but she there wasn't a kill. She was. She didn't die. So yeah, I can't. I can't yeah. give her the the death. Uh, her friend died, but like I, I kind of thought it was like a. Uh, you know, going into it, having seen Scream Five, knowing Scream Six is coming out with Jenna Ortega, I knew she wasn't gonna die. So it, it yeah. kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Yeah, and then I, look, I went. I feel like this is the Spider-Man Three pod we did because I always end up standing <laughs> for the, the number three movies. I just love Liv Shriver. Okay. Liv Shriver. Okay. So the three. And there's like they actually put in a little car chase element in three, and there's a there's the clever bit where Ghostface is imitating his voice. Yeah. So like it kind of, the girlfriend of Cotton Weary in that scene doesn't know who is who, and she ends up kind of getting them both killed because of that. That's I mean, it's not perfect, and three is definitely like probably the the least well directed. Yeah, um, probably the weakest series. one of the franchise. Yeah, but I mean, I, one I still enjoy, one I yeah. still like, and I would I would rank the opening of the three last. But I just want to say, like, there are clever bits to it. Like, none of these fall completely flat on their face. Yeah, it's um, not it's not like a clear worse one. Like exactly, yeah, like three three is isn't my favorite. I, I you said it's not yours either, but it's not. It's like they're all good. They're all good. Yeah. They're all entertaining. Yeah. They all serve their purpose. Yeah. But do you I, have your ranking? Yeah, so I would go. You have to go one first. Um, and spoiler, that'll be when we get to the rankings of the overall movies. One will be there too. That's just <laughs> Scream One is a, it's a five star classic. It's really a perfect horror movie, and it's almost unimpeachable at this point. I have six number two for all the reasons we talked about. Then number two, I thought the the at the time because I I'm pretty sure I saw Scream Two in theaters. Like being in a theater, seeing that for the first time, and then seeing Jada Pinkett Smith. Like with that primal scream she gives up in front of the, the <laughs> projector, like that, that shit was really unnerving at the time. Um, for you, I love the the kind of the the sandwich, you know, scenes within a scene within a scene, and then five is pretty cool. Um, you, you know, she doesn't die. I, I do, I do want to note though. Um, so then, yeah, I go four, five, three at the end. But I do want to know. I like how the opening scenes. A lot of times now, they they kind of that's the where they 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 insert the commentary about the most recent horror trends mm-hmm. like in four they talk about they hate torture porn because that's all during saw and they talk about the saw movies mm-hmm. and then in five they talk about the baba duke and it follows <laughs> hereditary and elevated horror like i like how the opening scenes are just they're so full of like meta-ness as far as how the scene is playing out but then there's also the commentary about um you know current movies that that people have seen in the last five or six years because usually the further you go on into the movie, they get into more broad, general, like slasher movie conventions, and it's less specific to like the last five or six, seven, eight years. I can't wait for Scream Seven to talk about Megan because that's <laughs> yeah. that's what's got to be next. What what are my favorite? Spoiler alert! It's gonna be one of my top ten movies of the oh, year, man. just because it was so funny. Um, yeah, I completely agree. You make great points as always. Uh, the 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 commentary, the meta commentary about the um, of relevant tropes and stuff. And, and they brought when I saw four, um, you know, when I had mentioned that I hadn't seen four yet, uh, I I was like, God damn! I that that came out in 2011, so it came out right. You know, I graduated high school in 2010. Mm-hmm. I I missed this film, and I was like. Oh God! It brought me back to all those Saw films and uh, the obsessiveness of the culture around them and stuff. And I was, I, I saw like half the first one. I was like, "This is shit sucks. Yeah. I don't want to watch this. This isn't entertaining." There's it a mystery a, it element. Was a rough, which I, rough time for horror, man. I'll play yeah, that. like there, there's a mystery element, which was one of my favorite things about the the Scream films. Um, that you know, figuring out who the killer is, who's Ghostface. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, the Saw films have, but like the story, I don't want to see guys cut their hands off and stuff to, to survive like i don't need that yeah. stuff it takes away from me that that's why one of uh scream is one of my favorite horror franchises that i will go back for and i kind of refell in love with it over this period um i just want to talk about the killers let's go right into it did you guess these killers i, I thought they hid this pretty well the, the, the <laughs> oh man now i'm gonna feel bad one of them one of them <laughs> They hit one of those kills pr- pretty good. The the you know the sister. Uh, I did not oh, see I that was, coming. 
I was going to say, I the only one I was on the fence about was the brother. Really? The sister, look, man, I operate by the rule, and this is a big TV thing. If you don't see a body, oh, that's they ain't fair. dead. That's and fair. the second they, they transition from the killer in the bedroom to the kind of mangled body flying out, I knew that body was so fake, man. <laughs> like they, they, with Scream, basically, if you don't see the knife going into the person, that person's not dead. Because we well, see so many I mean, people bounce up anyways and have to be shot in the head anyway. So you see just random blood on a body, there's no chance that person's dead. Plus, they had um, so many breadcrumbs early. Like, she talked about her brother dying. Yeah. And her dad transfers to the NYPD. And then her dad is Dermot Mulroney, of all people. Like, yeah. on, you're not casting him <laughs> just to be a random dude in the movie. It just, like, the Ethan character, um, I thought... I. I I had a feeling about him, but I didn't know for sure. But the daughter and the dad, I was like dead set for sure. Cause especially once she supposedly dies and he comes out and at first he's like fake crying. And then he does the whole monologue about you fuck with me. I kill you or something. You fuck yeah. with my family. And I was like, you are not delivering that like a, like a dad who just lost her daughter, man. That's I, I, that's where I got suspicious of him, but I didn't think I like in the moment, I didn't think her yeah. she was still alive. Like you, you gotta you see the body, points. man. You gotta see the body. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right. But when when they showed the, you know, obviously spoiler. Uh, this is the spoiler talk. But when you see Ethan uh, and them uh, and um and they play the the video that that uh, their brother sent them, um, Richie. Yeah. Richie, Richie. Yeah, you sent you you show Richie and he's sending this video and he's talking about the uh, all this stuff to to his family. I'm like, God damn, they cast Jack Champion. He looks exactly like him. He really does. The, yeah. That was great casting <laughs> to, to be his brother. But I, I just, it, it was too obvious for me. Like, like, and, you know, Mindy kept pointing him out. And then the subway scene, like, where Mindy gets stabbed, I'm like, he's he looked away too perfectly. Yeah. That's yeah. where I got most suspicious. Somebody mentioned I was reading on um in a review that if you go back and watch that scene, you can see him as Mindy's getting on the subway. You can see him kind of back away from the group to make sure he gets stuck with her. Oh, okay. And I didn't notice that at the time, but I'm sure if if anybody was eagled out enough, that should have been like a real red flag immediately. Definitely, uh, like uh, I agree with the the, uh, the casting on Marodi. I recently watched uh, some trailers, uh, um, some interviews and stuff like um, of that them before the movie. Uh, came out and he he made it so obvious that he was the killer. <laughs> oh my god, he was he was trying to you know promote the movie and stuff. And he's uh, and he's straight face. He's like, I don't know who the killer is. Oh, somebody's gonna die. The, the, the go to see the screen movie. You, just, you can't have an actor we're so familiar with, and we, you know what I mean. Like, I think in Screen Three, who was the cop? It was the guy from um, I forget Anthony Anderson or or Brody. Uh, uh, no, no, Kincaid from Three. Um, Oh, Indians um, of marrying the guy from Grey's Anatomy. Dreamy, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, exactly. So at the time, like Patrick Dempsey, if you go back now, you think that's a stunt casting, but if at the time he probably wasn't as famous. Dermot Mulroney is 100% stunt casting, right? Yeah. And it, it just, you know, the, the twist would have been if he was actually not a killer. That would have been more interesting to me. I, I think the, uh, I was getting concerned about Josh Sagara's character, Danny. Um, I, just because I, I really my heart, loved him, man. I loved yeah. him. I love Josh. Ever since Sirens, I'm a day one Josh Sagara fan from Sirens. <laughs> Shout out to to Sirens. Uh, horribly canceled show early on, <laughs> rated 56 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But it was such a great, it was such a great comedy that, that I I am one of those uh, Sirens fans. Shout out to you, Josh Sagara. Um, but it, I I really uh, enjoyed the killings. In this film, uh, com- compared to the other ones, it was really gory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. The the action scenes, the I I you know I didn't write this on the show sheet, but what do you think about the whole Force Ghost Billy Loomis uh, plotline? I'm conflicted about it because I think it's actually kind of an interesting idea, and I generally like Skeet Ulrich. Like if he's going to be on screen, I'm not going to be unhappy about it. It's just it's a little too force ghosty. It's a little too Obi-Wan, you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I think even I was rewatching the end of five and there's a part where he's like, the reflection of him is in the window and he's literally like winking at the (laughs) knife on the floor. I'm like, come on, that's a little, I I think I like it when Sam 
who Melissa Barrera, by the way, I, I didn't really enjoy her performance in five. Agreed. She was kind of the weak part for me, and I thought she's really stepped it up in this one. I liked her a lot in six. But um, I think I like it when she is in conversation with him because I think the idea of her being being his daughter is interesting. But when he starts at the end of these movies, when he starts being like, you know, giving her extra powers and starting to level like, like almost like she, she's having like the anime flashback mid fight, you know what I mean? And then she reaches another level. That's when I'm like, I'm like, this it's does, losing you. That, that doesn't really feel like screaming to me. Yeah, that that like I I like the idea of that battle, that internal struggle she's having. But I, I don't know if it's executed the best. And l- like you said, like uh, I thought her performance in five was kind of weak. Um, I didn't think she was a great actress in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, but she definitely uh, felt a lot more natural in this, yeah. in this film. And I, I compliments to her. It, uh, supposedly she took a lot of criticism for the, after the fifth one. And, uh, you know, really took some classes and, and worked on it. And so credits to her. Like, oh, that's you know, awesome, actually. Yeah. That, that's really, really cool of her. Um, let's get into the killing. What was your favorite kill? Okay, I mean, to me, it kind of has to be the ladder. Um, what's her name? Annika on the ladder. Okay. Just, like, what, she's already been gutted, and then the, the killer is, like, shaking the ladder up and down. I thought that was really tense. Um, that was one of the best parts. I thought most of the set pieces here were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And if Gail had ended up dying, I probably would have said that scene because I thought that was the best like chase and stalk part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But since Annika does die and she just her head goes like whack. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, her, her swollen face after oh, they showed that. That was I was brutal. I was pretty surprised they showed it, but but yeah, yeah I think that w- that to me was the best like kill kill. But I will also say that Tara doing the full knife stab into ethan's like mouth all the way like i don't think i've seen that before that was brutal and, and it it was really it was good because in five richie got the knife like through the cheeks right mm-hmm. it went through the side of his face so it was, it was pretty appropriate that his brother got it straight back through and then she twists the knife like Ugh. i i'm sure i've seen that somewhere in some movie but it was just really executed well there so um that wasn't a killing blow so it probably doesn't count and i'll stick with the ladder <laughs> but um Actually, maybe we'll talk about this later. There weren't a lot of killing blows in this one. There wasn't. There yeah. wasn't. But, and um, you, you mentioned you mentioned if, if you see the the body the body get stabbed and and grew uh, grew up. Chad, how the hell did Chad survive? Um, <laughs> Chad and Mindy surviving this movie too. It's which too one, much. Which one was more ridiculous? Because like Chad, at least he's on a gurney. He's being taken to the like Mindy somehow made it from the subway running she had been like the knife had gone like up her sternum yeah oh my <laughs> she's God. just running around the streets like hey guys i'm back when when they held chad uh and uh they just started going un- unloading on him and, and the he, double like, knife wipe afterwards yeah that was yeah. badass that was yeah, badass was awesome loved it but i was like there's no way he's go- he's surviving that like yeah. you could you missed every organ <laughs> like there's I mean, no way i mean I, look dewey survived some stuff for sure and i guess he's now the new dewey as far as like you just can't kill him until he's really dead yeah but i'm pretty sure dewey only ever took like two or three stabs in the back and then he would come back to the next movie with like nerve damage you know yeah, like he was like limping in, in the second one exactly so if chad comes back and he's like playing football in the afternoon <laughs> I'm, I'm my suspension of the disbelief is kind of like go so far you know <laughs> i agree i agree um i think my favorite kill was the bodega scene like, oh yeah, yeah oh god when he just unloaded on with a shotgun because mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's confirmed that it was uh detective bailey on that one uh it had but when, been, right? yeah. yeah it had to have been it's the only one that made sense because he uh got a, got there so fast <laughs> yeah. and he and he didn't like flinch with the shotgun uh just that whole scene all those kills of, of those those patrons the store owner um that the fear in that scene i, I it was di- it was different just because of the the gun element like we've never seen we've never really seen scream go like that crazy uh ghostface go that crazy with the gun like that yeah it felt a little you know real to life like what yeah. would happen if this was happening and you know i i can't say because i've never been in that situation but the people in the bodega acted pretty realistically like some people the fight or flight kind of stuff yeah the only problem is we didn't know who any of those people were. That's <laughs> yeah, why so it didn't really mean as much. Yeah, like they were kind of just randoms. Plus, like 
that's another one of those things where you go back. The sisters in the bodega, he's got a shotgun, but he explicitly says later he doesn't want to kill them until he gets them into the, the abandoned theater, right? Yeah. So they weren't really in any danger in the bodega. He was just trying to scare them, I guess. I guess. Like, what yeah. was the point of the whole thing? Like, there was, none of that was really funneling them towards Dan Goal. That's so, true. I don't know. It, it kind of, in retrospect, it kind of loosened the, the, the stakes <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, the stakes definitely were a little loose there. I really enjoyed uh, how they were kind of like setting up, um, you know, you know, Melissa Vera, uh, Sam, uh, like when they killed the uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, Henry oh, Zerny, my guy. They that was brutal. That yeah. was a brutal. Just a knife through through the little gated a door. Terrible psychiatrist, by the way. <laughs> awful, awful. He he did not trust his patient at all. Didn't trust his patient. Like didn't research his patient. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Maybe psychiatrists aren't supposed to Google their patients. Probably not. Yeah, maybe that's a thing. But like, he seemed so taken off guard. I was like, "All right, buddy, you're clearly <laughs> haven't been doing this very long." I, I also kind of like the the whole plot line of Quinn starting up the uh, theory, the internet uh, rumors and stuff that yeah. Sam was the the actual killer. Mm-hmm. I found that kind of convenient. Just how like she was, you know, like you know, the internet's a crazy place and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, to just make up a, a fake account here and and to troll like that and get and get this whole theory there, I, I feel like there had to be more diving into that plot story, yeah. um, a little bit more to for me to really believe it and feel and feel like you know we got the the crazy girl um, who had the altercation with Sam after the Halloween party mm-hmm. and like threw the cup of water or whatever it was at her and called her a killer. But I I needed to. You know, they. I felt like they needed to do something better there to set that whole plot line up of like why one Twitter account isn't going to set. Yeah, it up like good that. idea, just undercooked. Like, yeah, good idea, and they they definitely were trying to make a commentary on, on current times and social media. And I think that their their heads were in the right space. They just didn't let it develop enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to get into the uh, core four, as they call themselves, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, Tara. Mindy and Chad, the the new faces of the franchise. You know, we had, we actually had no um, Nev Campbell this movie, no Sydney. Uh, so Mister Man, I, I, I did miss her too. I, I you know, no Dewey. Obviously, he got spoiler alert. He got killed mm-hmm. in the uh, last film, yeah. and we, we got Gale, uh, which love Gale and stuff. But you know, it was it was definitely more of a core four focused film. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I, I felt like this. You this is the movie you got to have to go in that direction. Uh, what are your thoughts on on them overall as as a group? Uh, things you like, you know, et cetera. I, I think they all have really good chemistry. I like. I mean, I think like we, we've said it before, Jenna Ortega is a star. Yeah. Um, but everybody else like really sells a role. I think all four of these these actors are going to be working for a long time. Hopefully, um, at least if I had my way. Um, <laughs> but Mindy Mindy slides in that Randy role perfectly. Chad, Chad being Dewey, but also now being a love interest for Tara. I think that works. Mm-hmm. They have pretty good chemistry to the point where, you, you know, that's why you kind of feel bad. Not just that he's charming, but because he has his chemistry with Tara. So when yeah. he does get stabbed, I felt pretty bad for him. Like, I didn't want him to die. And then Sam, like we said, I thought Melissa Barrera was just, was just significantly better in this one. And, and the relationship between her and Tara, I wish we had been able to see maybe five to ten more minutes at the beginning of the movie of them being a little bit more normal and not mm. immediately thrust into you know people are being killed and, and we gotta team up we got i gotta watch you you're my sister and then the whole um you gotta let me go part <laughs> with a shot that was almost exactly shot for shot was like um indiana jones in the last yeah. crusade like reaching for the holy grail and <laughs> and sean Connery being like junior Junior, let it go, you know, um, which is, that was a nice little reference, but I, I just, I think they're, they're great. I don't think you can go a whole nother movie without killing at least one of them. Especially because, after this one. Yeah. There's just, you know, I, I'm fine with it for now, but at some point, you know, people just can't keep surviving that long if they're going to get stabbed. And, and, they're, and they're, like I said, they're smart characters, so they're going to have to keep coming up with ways to put them in peril when really they should all be sticking together all the time too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and seeing, uh, and, and, you know, getting to see these actors, young actors who, you know, uh, Jenna 
has done uh gotten really popular with wednesday um the other three haven't really you know hit they, they you know i know um jasmine savoy brown is uh in yellow jackets and she's doing really great there um but you know they're they're all still really young actors and actresses uh so they're gonna want to explore more outside the franchise mm. and, and that's where a kill off is the natural next step pretty much um i was well, surprised that yeah all i was of them surprised say- this one I don't, I don't, I think we should appreciate too that like it's really rare for horror movies to have characters that you like over the course of multiple movies. Yeah. I mean, that scream is already rare for that. And to have another set of characters that we kind of give a shit about, it's pretty cool because you go back and you watch any of the other long standing franchises, their lead characters, their final girls, one, they're not consistent through multiple movies. They don't generally don't have interesting friends or interesting psychics. Yeah. And they can tend to be kind of bland. Like some of the, the actresses in those roles were not they first of all they weren't given much and and they work with it and they give you great final girl performances but they don't give you good characters right and here we have four pretty good characters and that's it's in a lot of ways for a horror movie that's an embarrassment of riches you know? <laughs> it really is but uh to to jump on that um you, you'll see a lot of these uh horror films just have so many unlikable characters where you know obviously the star of this film and this franchise is ghostface whoever it is it's ghostface uh and sydney uh but you know ghostface lived off this movie without sydney so it's still Ghostface. It, in Freddy Krueger, it's Freddy Krueger. So you get unlikable main characters. So you're kind of rooting for Freddy to kill them too at the same mm-hmm. time. You're rooting for Jason to chase them down. And, you know, God, that guy's a douchebag. I hope <laughs> I hope he has a gruesome death. <laughs> it, if you saw Megan, you're you're rooting for, for Megan to kill this little kid who's, <laughs> who's awful. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, uh, th- those horror movies that just don't, have that main cast because and partly it's because they're expendable uh, and and this franchise like it's been built around sydney gail dewey for so long mm-hmm. that you know you you kind of got used to them three and then everyone else around them is a, a threat to be the killer or a threat to die pretty much yeah. like they don't really care uh bring back too many characters or movie over movie which let's get into this talk hayden penitier coming back as kirby uh, which there was a little teaser in, in five, a little Easter egg that she was live. What what was your thought on her performance, or the end well, the storyline? Well, yeah, I don't I don't want to besmirch her performance because I like Hayden Panter and I love her. Remember the Titans? Four. Yeah, she was. Um, she was. What was it? I love you, Beth Cooper. Yes, really charming in that. Love that. I just I like her as an actress. I think she was fine here. I just don't think she was given anything to work with. Like really? Yeah. Everything that made her character fun and interesting, like in four. She was the one who knew about horror movies. She was smart. You know, she kind of was a step ahead of everybody until she wasn't. Um, and she was just really charming in that role. And they, Wes Craven wrote that role for Hayden Panettiere to kind of do what she does best. And here she comes back as like a hard-nosed FBI agent. And I'm like, I, this isn't really doing anything for me. This isn't working <laughs> for me. Um, I mean... Not that you can't be an FBI agent and be super short, but like she's not physically imposing. So when she's doing stuff like hooking a TV 20 feet in the air <laughs> into a guy's face, I don't really buy it. Which was a great um, nod to the first one. It was a great uh, nod, but like uh, then she's there and she's already like half dead and she's just been bleeding out on the ground. And all of a sudden she's picking up this. Those old TV sets are heavy, man. Yeah. Um, anyways, like, <laughs> That's I, a good, I have, good point. I forgot yeah. about that. I, I was I'm happy to have her back. I want her to get work, and I don't have any any problem with the performance. I just don't think Radio Silence really quite knew what to do with her mm-hmm. because they already have Mindy now, so she can't do what Mindy's doing. They can't have too many of those same characters. I did and, like their little uh, chemistry, that little scene where they're kind of quizzing each other. That, that that was a nice little touch. Oh, you bring that up. Okay, let me ask you. I forget what the other movies I talked about, but remember how they're kind of asking each other questions, right? Yeah. And then they both go original Candyman or remake Candyman. And they both <laughs> say both. What the hell, man? The new Candyman sucked. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why that was in there. Because I, I I was so bothered by this. And this is like stupid horror fan crap. So if you don't care, like this. No, no, I'm trying. But- I'm looking up the, the actual conversation to see if there's uh, anything else on there. Like any reason why there. Well, I thought I th- here's what I thought. I thought maybe Candyman and Scream were by the same studio or something, or had the same writers. 
Yeah. But they have nothing in common. There's absolutely nothing between those movies to link them. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe Radio Silence, maybe they just really liked um, the Candyman remake, but I thought it was, it was, it was pretty damn bad. And <laughs> if you're going to do that, like we have... They weren't even Dead. distributed by the same movie studio. Right. Go with Evil Dead. Like Evil Dead 1 and the Evil Dead remake, if you want to have an argument about which is better, I'm, I'm down for that. Or Suspiria, the original Suspiria or the remake. Cool. That that would really be speak to horror fans, but I'm pretty sure everybody who loves horror movies heard, ta- heard them talking about Candyman and was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Bro? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, they, that wasn't fun conversation in general until the, the ending. Until that me. part, you're like, "Wait yeah. a minute!" <laughs> yeah, you had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I I liked her uh, coming back. It was it was a nice little connection because you know four five six before Wes Craven was uh passed away it was supposed to be a second trilogy and he had mm-hmm. his own um ideas for that uh some of which uh you know they they didn't go um into his original script idea for screen four mm-hmm. which i would love to dive into someday uh but you know the brief synopsis was they were originally planning to not kill off emma roberts character have her kind of get away with it and yeah. go to college and then have to face off against another ghost face who, who quote knew knew who she was yeah. it was supposed to be like ghost face ghost face which i thought was a great idea when i heard about it i was like that was a great idea a, yeah. a great spin but you know obviously they couldn't do that after they killed her off in four um but you know like this uh you know bringing her back a beloved character uh like you mentioned from four it, it i i like how it was thought of to bring her back but yeah i i couldn't buy her as a cop i couldn't buy her as so like nothing in four would ever you know besides the kind of revenge aspect of this mm-hmm. uh nothing in four really led me to see hey she's gonna she could be a cop in the future she could right. want to pursue that i'd feel like she would like she was i feel like she would be way more likely to be a film theorist professor than do that do that well she, she would have fit into like if scream three if they do scream seven like if it follows the same thing she would have been great to bring back as like somebody who wrote a movie on where the movie's taking place you know what i that's mean a or, like, that's a great or point. a horror movie director or something like that. somebody involved in the genre because that's kind of what her identity as a character was before and now she's just become kind of this weird blank slate that's not not much fun <laughs> it totally was i also don't feel feel like uh you know i know nothing no fbi agent in real life <laughs> but i feel like there's no way the fbi is just like hey swing you can swing your badge around go do whatever you want in, in new york in another city outside of your jurisdiction go set up a kill box in an abandoned building yeah, yeah like <laughs> that's completely fine you can go and kill the the actual killers and and plan this like no that i don't feel like that would happen and or yeah. that was realistic at all i i can suspend a lot of disbelief in this but yeah. that was just like a little bit too convenient stuff um that so let's go into you know your favorite parts of the movie you can name as many as you want uh what you didn't like and and so forth uh yeah i'll go with likes first and mostly i I thought this is one of the best directed movies in the series again i said before the more horror movies you see the more crap you've seen and the more you appreciate (laughs) movies like this that are just well put together this is just well produced everything looked pretty good the set pieces are all great um for the most part i you know i don't think the ending worked super well for me um but the set pieces and the, and the tension in general was really good uh core four loved them gore is probably where it needs to be it's not it's a little cartoonish enough to not super gross people out you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's there to kind of feed what a 2023 audience i think is looking for in the slasher movie to be honest um and and i liked I, I just really like that Gale scene in her apartment. I'm not <laughs> entirely sure how Quinn took down her her like oh my god middle her linebacker boy- boyfriend, but dude, that um, that was so unbelievable. That part was, but I love the way Gale handled that situation. Even though, again, she's so smart now, they have to have her do a couple dumb things. But that moment where she hangs hangs up, and then you can hear the killer going, "Huh, what?" <laughs> yeah, that was and great. then she starts six nines and then shoots where she hears. That's that's one of my favorite screen moments, like in any of these movies. I thought that worked really well, um, but then of course, then Courtney Cox is out of the movie, and I'll just say, like the last twenty minutes, none of it really worked for me. I was pretty much in on everything, even with the movie kind of breaking its internal logic um, mm. for the most part. I don't think they had set everything up 
super well, but I was buying it. And then we got to the last 20 minutes, and then we got to Dermot Mulroney taking things up to like a 13 on the Richter scale. <laughs> and I was just like, you could, I could feel my horror movie watching soul being like lifted above my body and just taken out of the whole thing. Um, and, You're and, force and, ghost and I, in it. Exactly. And I, hate, I don't want to, I don't want to hate on Dermot Mulroney because I love the actor. I like that guy in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. I just don't think he can do Skeet Ulrich. I don't think he can do Stu Mock. You know, I don't think he can be zero killer on 13 it would have been much more interesting to me if he had played it as more of like a silent amazing rage in that way and maybe let his kids who are obviously maladjusted and a little poorly raised they can kind of turn it up um it just the the wavelength of those last 20 minutes was not there for me and then everybody shows up alive at the end and it kind of you realize the movie doesn't really have stakes in general but i will say the idea of having the family of richie return lines up perfectly with two or the mom comes back um that that all that, that's all fine to me it's just the movie in general was like i'm not mad about any of the ideas i like the way the movie was made it's just the movies the ideas and some of the performances were not executed the way they need to be to make it a classic gotcha okay yeah. um i do want to get into you know the the scream montage in the theater the scream like trophy room, I would say, right. say better. Yeah. Um, that was one of my favorite things in all in the whole franchise. Just like that nod, that touch. Um, I thought it was a little convenient that every the excuse was like, oh, you know, evidence goes missing, cops need money. <laughs> like that Who's was like okay. rent on that place, by the way. That place has got to have like fifty thousand dollars a month rent, right? right? <laughs> and to keep the lights on too. Like, yeah. and they they're not inhabiting it all the time like what do yeah. you like we're on a cop salary how's how's richie doing this how's yeah. how are any of them doing this uh but it, it was great uh, like the having that the final scene take place in there um was awesome like a little old theater all their little scenes um jumping up setting. and the stunts were great i thought it was really fun um, the bodega scene was one of my favorite you know not not just kills but it was just felt very different it, it was also like you know, a lot of these uh, kills, big kill scenes in, in these this franchise, it's very dark. A lot of, you know, isolation for mm-hmm. for the, the kills to happen in public like that with with very well lit area and a small and, and a bit bodegas are small. Like it's it's still, you know, but it's a little bit more open than like, you know, let's say um, Tatum in the garage one on one in Scream One. You know, the, it, a lot of the scenes are just like quick you know, quick in a small space where Ghostface has the advantage. And I, I thought it was really cool to have some different stuff. And, and you know, bodegas are synonymous with New York. So yeah. it was very appropriate. Um, I, I agree. The final act kind of fell flat for me. Uh, I would have liked it more if, you know, Chad or Mindy would have actually died and like the stakes were, I, I'm, I'm so big on actually killing characters off i i think it yeah. it's it's brave i think it's brave you know um yeah you already have the horror movie tropes and and for a franchise like that is known for killing its stars like you would have gotten away with it like nobody would have been mad if any of those guys it was kind of kind of ruined it a little bit for me and you know all the good guys besides annika maybe they have marvel when... contracts like they had to sign <laughs> up for a three movie run or something like that it could be it could yeah. be um, I do want to note that, uh, you know, it's hard to rate like old movies on Rotten Tomatoes because, you know, it's you don't get the boost of in the moment. But uh, audience wise, this is the highest rated Rotten t- on Rotten t- Tomatoes. Second, critics critically to uh, t- uh, tied for second with the first one critically. Scream 2 is the highest critically uh, by like two points. Really? That's I was surprised. really surprised at that, too when i looked it up but it, you know like it's it's also uh older movies it's hard to properly right, rate it's them. pre pre tomato meter exactly right. yeah. so uh i thought that was interesting i really enjoyed it and we'll get into our rankings in a little bit um but you know i i think it's very clear with the success of this film and and this franchise as it is that we're getting scream seven yeah and i, I i'm excited for it because they're kind of they they have a lot to build off of because uh, this was still an enjoyable film yeah, i really liked it yeah th- and, and like you said like they they could have they, they had it almost right they they kind of fumbled it a little bit with the connectivity of what they wanted to do 
um, and the execution of what they wanted to do. But, you know, the, the recipe is right there. You just got to get the ingredients properly measured a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for Scream 7. I, I like the direction uh, this franchise has taken. I love the, the core four. They're really entertaining. But yeah, kill kill somebody off. I think Jenna's uh, going to be the first one begging like, I'm good. Yeah, I could see that too. Definitely. But, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just think they need to make, maybe take more than like seven months to, to make the next one. You know, like That's very true. I didn't, I'm, I I'm more than happy to watch one every year, but we get, yeah. take a couple of years and make sure you got all the ingredients right. I definitely agree. I, I had no idea. Of, I'd never heard of Scream four, uh, four, uh, 5 until um, we found out Scream 6 was coming out. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I completely <laughs> missed that one. <laughs> that, that came out back, And they came out back to back like that. That was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into our rankings uh, so we can close out the pod here. It's great to have you on, Coop, as always. Love talking mm-hmm. movies with you. Um, I'll go first if you'd like. Um, I got one. As the number one, I think that's. I think we're be. both gonna have it. Yeah. Um, I go four as my second favorite. Interesting. Really that enjoyed. W- that it. would not have been a popular opinion ten years ago. Really? Okay. Yeah. I I really loved Emma Roberts' performance, and mm-hmm. I I loved the twist and and stuff. I I, I felt the cast was really fun, and uh, the storyline was fun. Um, I go two as my third. Rewatching it again, I was like, "Man, this is really good." Uh, mm-hmm. Mickey was great. Billy's mom coming back and and uh, playing a reporter the whole movie was great. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have this one as uh, fourth. Uh, I I like this one. This was a lot of fun. Um, I hope you know they can build off this and get it going. Get a seven. I want seven to be in the top half. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have five. Um, you know, some things I like, some things I didn't, but it was it, it was a lot of uh, of ode to the the new old ones with a re- refreshing twists and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have three, which I still enjoy. Three, like I love the uh, I forget this uh, character's name, um, the actress. Parker uh, Posey. Yes, she yeah. was a scene chewer for me. I cracked up love watching her. her. Yeah. Um, I I really liked it, but you know, it, it's um. It's one of the weaker. It's definitely the weakest one to me in, in the franchise. What what are you, what's your ranking? Yeah, I'm going to be somewhat similar. I think you have to go one first. I go two second. Okay. Um, I just I think the college setting works. I think it, it's kind of like six, where the set piece is all great, but I also think it nails the ending. Um, the misdirection where you think Jerry O'Connell is the, the killer <laughs> most great. of the movie. I thought that really worked. Plus, you got Timothy Oliphant, who is like one of my favorite actors ever. It's you can definitely tell two has been rushed to production because I think that one also came out like a year after one. So it was it feels, like yeah, I think it was like ninety seven. Yeah, so it definitely feels a little rushed, but I, I I think I've seen two more than any of the other ones except for one maybe the most, and two is also the first one of the ones I saw in theaters. Um, so I I have a kind of a personal connection to it. So I go one, two, four, which. You know, like I said, that one grew in estimation for me the second, third, fourth times I've seen that one. Um, five after that, and I'm going five over six, mostly okay. because I think five nails the ending. The That's last fair. three minutes or five are really good, and it has that moment. The reveal in five is great, where um, I forget her name. What is Emma or whoever the killer is? Oh, um, or, um, no, Mickey. Mickey, where the one girl's screaming like "I'm not the killer," and then Mickey goes "I know," and then shoots her in the head. That, 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 was, that was an amazing reveal. Like that's how you do a reveal, and and those kind of moments in in a in a scream movie you have to crush. Yeah, so that's why I go five over six, even though six is probably like they have better. Oh, I'm four. sorry, Mike. Mikey was is the actress's name, Mikey Madison. Uh, oh, her character's right. Amber. The Amber. There we go. So yeah. I, I put five over six, even though six has probably is probably better. Um, directed is a little bit better produced in terms of the way things are shot and the the set pieces are a little bit um you know more more advanced on a horror level so i go one two four five six three at the end and again like you said three is still really fun i think three is actually the most interesting idea in the whole series because mm-hmm. of the way it happens on the stab set i forget if it's stab one or two i forgot it was stab three i think they stab followed three. it along so that that's like the most interesting setup for the whole in the whole series i think they just didn't really deliver on what the setup could have been like the the movie after the first 
20, 30 minutes kind of devolves into how many ways can we get dumb characters to go do dumb things. <laughs> um, but Shout I do out like to Jen three, McCarthy. Yeah, but I do. Again, you still got the the core players in place there, and I think three is actually one of um, Nev Campbell's best performances of Sydney, even though she's good in all of them. But I really like the three, the toughened up version of Sydney in that one, mm-hmm. where she's got like multiple guns, she's outsmarting and in the victor, the the killers. And it has that great ending where the guy, it's so goofy, but he keeps rushing at Dewey. And Dewey just keeps plugging him in the chest and they're screaming at him, go for the head, go for the head. Like, it's so goofy, but I enjoy it. And I, I just like how, like, it ends up being her half-brother doing the, like, I'm the author of all your pain. I set up, you know, Billy and Stu in the original. I like how it brings everything full circle. Even though it's a little hackneyed, it works for me. So It does. Then, I, rewatching yeah. it, I, I agree that the... Uh... I, I I like the setup, the 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 idea of how he like kind yeah. of planted this and, and put everything into motion. Yeah, and again, it's like the worst movie in this series would be the best movie in a lot of other horror series. And Absolutely. I think personally, put it all together, I think Scream is the best horror franchise as far as consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at all the movies that have maybe four or five and above, Halloween probably has the most like great movies or good to great movies. But Scream doesn't have a single bad movie. And right. every other franchise that goes long has multiple absolute duds that nobody wants to go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. Case in point, like one of the movies referenced in this one, Jason Takes Manhattan, nobody <laughs> wants to go back and rewatch it. Everybody will YouTube the dude's head being punched off in, the great, in that great scene. But nobody's going back to watch that one or Jason Goes to Hill. Nobody really likes Friday the 13th Part 5 with the copycat killer. You know, Nobody watches fr- Freddy versus Jason. Exactly. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's movies, you know, Critters goes to space. And now <laughs> there's multiple Hellraiser movies that are just absolute nonsense. Um, so Scream is just the most consistent franchise. Every single one has something to offer. And so like ranking them, it's fun, but I also feel like we just need to note that even the lowest ranking Scream movie is still pretty damn good for what horror genre tends to be. Definitely agree. And, and it's strength is in the rewatchability Mm-hmm. and the enjoyability of it like mm-hmm. you, you know once you go in and and the mystery elements of it too because you're going to go back into watch these and you're going to try to pick up things that you w- might not have picked up on you're like okay i know who the killer is yeah. where were the signs well what did i miss what did i ignore too much because you you also kind of want to like get get a little smarter you want to be mindy for the next film you want to be jessica fletcher man yeah <laughs> you gotta be able, you want to be able to guess who who's uh ghost face and we talked about this uh, before we got started, but you know that's one of my favorite things about Scream is the horror aspect, the the mystery aspect of it, mm-hmm. combined with the horror aspect. You know, I go into a Jason film, and I know Jason's the killer. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I know who the main character is. I know who's uh like who's likely going to be the final girl for this film, and that's what's always kind of like stirred me away. It's too predictable. Yeah. And and that this this franchise making fun of the elements of all these horror films, and all these extra commentaries on it, and all these Easter eggs, you know, like the we we didn't really talk about the Halloween scene uh, in this movie, but you know, there's so many costumes here in the oh, subways yeah. where well. Babadook, yeah, Babadook, yeah, exactly, and it, it you know nice little Easter eggs. There was a, a girl dressed up as Wednesday. Yeah. In, in the Halloween scene next to Jenna Ortega, yeah. which is funny, um, and stuff like that. Like, I, I really love the, the the how smart it is. There's always a Randy or Mindy character who's telling you, you know, Mindy literally in her monologue is like, "I don't trust the uh, a slutty <laughs> a roommate. I don't trust this other roommate. It's too convenient. You know, you yeah. got to keep your eyes watch uh, eyes out." And and um, you know, it, it's it was a lot. It's a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy all these screen films. Um, I, I want to say watching it in a theater is a way different experience than watching it at home. You can rent this at home already. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like, I'd say still watch it in the theater. I, I think this, it's the best experience to watch these kind of films. Uh, and you know, obviously the movies need it right now. The theaters need it to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely recommend watching the, this film. Uh, um, you said, did you rate this one You or was your rating for screen five? Uh, uh, six was my second. I went one, two, four, five, six, three. No, no, no I mean like your four, four, oh, five stars for this. Oh, movie. I think I went three and a half stars. Three and a half um, stars. Okay. I'm, I thought about four, and then I thought about 
in retrospect some more. I think I dropped it down to three and a half, which I probably would do to five as well. I I I think three and a half is pretty fair uh, for it. I think like the like three, you know, I said we both said three was our favorite was our least favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Still good. I that, but that's still probably like two and a, two two and a half two point twenty five. I'd still go three on that one, man. Yeah, yeah they, they're like consistent. They're consistent. You're yeah. gonna enjoy yourself. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna like you know sh- shriek at some of these uh, kills. You're gonna cringe a little bit. And you're gonna uh, you're gonna be happy you figured out who the killer was, or frustrated. You're like, God damn, yeah. I didn't expect him. I mean, you just, you said it like these movies toe that really fine line of like they're both meta and ha- they're making commentary on the genre, but they're also advancing it, and they're also yeah. good horror movies in themselves. And actually, I haven't done this, so but it'd be interesting to go back and look and see how movie horror movies released after a scream release change. Because I'll tell you, like after Scream Four came out, there weren't a lot of torture porn movies coming out. Like, <laughs> that was the end of a horror era, and Scream movies are that important to the genre. I don't know if Five and Six, especially coming out back to back like this, are going to have that same effect. But they definitely—they're like really important movies for the genre. And people who are making horror movies after seeing the Scream one are thinking, "Well, they just pointed out that thing I wanted to do. I can't do that now." You know what I mean? Especially when these movies are all making a hundred million dollars. Um, and before we go, can I, I just want to make one point that I forgot to make earlier. Go for it. I love that Ghostface weakness is that is his strength, which is that he always what helps him win earlier in these movies is always the elaborate chase and stock sequences, right? But his weakness, what always ends up being Ghostface's downfall, is that he has to he could have he's there's always situations where they could have just gone for the kill, but Ghostface always has to have the right ending right it's always someone who has to like you need to die in this place you need to you know i'm making the end of my movie i am staging a scene so i can become the new sydney there's always a like ghostface is always funneling people towards a specific ending and that always ends up being his downfall and if you really think about it what makes ghostface so strong as superhuman superhuman the fact that he can take so much punishment and i love how he's always whacking his head on stuff but what makes Ghostface great as a horror character is what also makes Ghostface always lose, which is the fact that he's in a horror movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact that he knows he's in a horror movie and he's trying to, you know, whoever Ghostface is, whoever's wearing that mask is trying to have an ending. And that's why Ghostface always has to lose. And and that's why I really love about these screen movies is that, you know, they just, they're great horror movies and they advance the genre. I I couldn't say it better myself, um, and and you know the 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 love that this one has for the all the the franchise and, and the ode uh, of you know you have similar kills uh, and and obviously the whole theater is an ode the whole mask uh, plot line which we didn't really talk about but um, you know it's it, it was great touch I love how worn and beat up the masks were shout out to the costume designers for doing that. Yeah, uh, doing a great job, like beating up those masks, and, and I, I really felt that. Like when you're watching it, it, it felt scarier to me. Yeah. Like, like uh, to see the older masks on, the, how beat up it is. Like this guy won't die. They definitely took that from the Halloween movies over the years. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Myers mask was taken to beating. <laughs> that definitely. Um, I I love this franchise. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I'm glad I kind of refell in love with it after. Uh, watching five and diving back into these um it's it's really good really well done i'm definitely going to see the seven when it inevitably gets announced uh have high hopes for it uh but coop let's uh wrap this up where can the people find you uh at coop mba on twitter and i will be talking movies forever and ever so if you want to talk movies just hit me up and i'd love to talk about them Absolutely. Perhaps to my own detriment sometimes. <laughs> I, lo- I love uh, Coop's uh, opinions on, on movies, basketball, everything. Coop's a great guy. Uh, fr- great friend of the program. He's practically an honorary co-host uh, at this point. <laughs> um, but, you know, Coop, you're always welcome back. We love having you on. Of course. Uh, talking movies with you. Um, I uh, I would love or we're, you know, some spoiler alerts for this pod. I know it's late in the year for our first pod of the year but you know we do have plans um as the basketball season dwindles you know me and moose uh have plans for a shout out to draft beat uh we're gonna do some draft pods uh with with miami heat beat 
but uh you know we we do intend to focus a lot more on stream we've kind of been really busy life gets in the way guys unfortunately uh, we appreciate all the fans and people asking about us like you know we started this for fun and shits and giggles and uh it's kind of you know making a podcast is a lot harder than we thought shout out <laughs> to everyone who does this um but you know we're, we're we have a lot of pods in mind we're gonna do uh, a couple other throwback uh, movies and stuff like that we have uh some special ones with uh joey house shower and kenny planned that i won't mention now but you'll see in the future um and you know coop's gonna come back hopefully uh open invite we'll we'll talk some other t- subjects anything you want to be a part of no doubt uh but you know we have a lot of plans for 2023 for stream b and you'll you know hopefully you'll stick by and tell your friends about it we love you guys uh have a great night everybody